0: From the Allen Media Worldwide Headquarters Studios, hi, atop two Turtle Creek, this is Deconstructing Dallas. Greetings everyone, it's your host Ryan Trimble, joined live and in person by the fully vaccinated Sean Williams. Sean, good day sir.
1: Hey Ryan Trimble, it is amazing to be sitting here with you after... Fifteen months of recording this podcast virtually. That's right. That's right. We have been in the
0: MZ Studios, Dallas virtual studios. Uh, big thanks to Michael Zavala, who's continues to help us. A uh, portion of this show will have been filmed virtual or recorded virtually, but uh, here we are back high atop Two Turtle Creek, sir. And it is good to see you in the flesh.
1: Was it last week when we saw you for the first time, or was that two weeks two ago? E- two weeks ago. Yeah. When when you graced us with your presence and we were all excited and (laughs) hugging and crying and all sorts of things. Just excited. Yeah. Now it's like, get back to work, you bum. (laughs) Yeah. And, And you came back. On brand with a suit on first day. <laughs> first day back. I mean, I, I don't know how to do this. Are people still wearing suits in the real world? <laughs> Man, that was so funny because I'm pretty sure I had on almost shorts. No, I had on short sleeves. Definitely not a jacket. I think you had some Aggie attire. And yeah, I did. I think you had your Kyrie's on. Your, I did. On I your did. feet. So Well, it's good to have you back. It's good it to is. be back. I'm yes. excited about First off, I'm excited about the work we did during the pandemic, to be honest. I mean, it's tough circumstances for everybody, our listeners, our friends, our families. Everybody's had just a tough time. But I, I am proud of the work that we were able to do on our podcast.
0: Yeah, it's it's been uh it's been great um to be able to continue uh producing these episodes and uh we're, you know grateful for the for the platform and and for the opportunity and for all of our guests, and I think coming up, we are working on a way to uh, thank everybody in person. Uh, invites to our guests will be going out at some point,
1: TBD. So, uh, but we would like to be able to get together with folks uh, in a very safe and practical manner and hope to do so here in the next few months. So please listen. Uh, be on the lookout. We'll, we will share the information as soon as it becomes available. That's right, Sean. Now, we
0: have a very, very exciting show today. We're going to be joined by the former Speaker of the Texas House, he, of course, Joe Strauss.
1: You know, we're going to be listening to something we've already recorded, so I don't have to talk about what's going to happen. I can talk about what I know has already happened. (laughs) And it is a a great conversation uh, for me, who did really have a lot of respect for the work that he did in Austin, um, you know, knowing now some of the things he's been doing and been working on in, his, in the time since he's left the legislature. Um, I'm, I'm even more excited about some of the things he's doing and some of the things that we're able to share. So so I really am looking forward to sharing this with folks.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to take a, a photo to prove that I do have uh, the photo on my on my uh, stand in the office, there, Sean. So I will, I will tweet that out uh, when when we post this episode.
1: A great photo with the former speaker and the Trimble family.
0: That's right, the, as it the, as it were, as <laughs> as it once was, and uh, has since grown. So, uh, as always, thank you to Mrs. Trimble for that. So, uh, uh, without further ado, Sean, let's jump into a quick break. We'll be right back. This is Deconstructing Dallas. Ryan Tribble, Sean Williams, stick with us. Deconstructing Dallas, Ryan Trimble, Sean Williams. Sean, as I may have mentioned to you about a thousand times, I was a former legislative staffer, and as any good former legislative staffer will do, my office is decorated with photos of me posed awkwardly with former elected officials. Uh, But one of my favorite photos that's in my office uh, was taken during the waning days of the 2017 legislative session, and it's when Lauren, my wife Lauren, and I had the chance to introduce our then 10-month-old daughter, Tabitha, to the Speaker of the House, Joe Strauss. And the Speaker was uh, very busy that day, but it was gracious to uh, take a few moments, as he always is, uh, to say hello to our, our 10-month-old. And it is my great pleasure to introduce the former Speaker of the Texas
2: House, he, of course, Joe Strauss. Mr. Speaker, welcome to the show. Thanks, Ryan. Good, good to join you guys today. And yeah. uh, I remember that day, day as well when y'all came up um, and came in to make the proper introduction that was one of the one of the few highlights at the end of that session for me.
0: <laughs> well you you were certainly uh, a gr- gracious and uh, I think Tabitha was ready to grab the gavel from you but uh, <laughs>
2: well, tell her tell her to hurry up it's still there?
0: <laughs> yeah yeah but uh, you know I, I was fortunate enough to, to get to know you and be close to the action during your time as speaker. But you and your family have a long history of public service. So, can you share with our listeners uh, you and your family's legacy and, and what drew you to run for the House and ultimately
2: run for Speaker of the House? Um, yeah, sure. I I um, grew up in San Antonio. Family's been here uh, since the really since the late eighteen seventies. Um, but politics was never really a very important part of my family's lives until. Um, my mother got involved in Republican politics about the time that I was born, and uh, that would have been about that would have been during the uh, Kent the, the JFK Richard Nixon um, election of 1960. And so, politics for me, by definition, started out in, as a, at a very young age. Sure. Um, in those days, my my mother and a lot of other volunteers were very actively involved in. beginning of the the building of the texas republican party and um and really trying to build a two-party system when at that time there was really one dominant party um there were you know conservative democrats and there were liberal democrats and those who were you know kind of considered themselves the, the conservative establishment only really had one party to choose from and uh And so that went on for a long, long time. But these these Republicans um, who appeared really before 1960, but began to make a little more noise about that time with the election of John Tower as the first Republican statewide elected official since Reconstruction um, really made made their mark. But, you know, that 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 opened doors for me as I was growing up um, to be around some really consequential leaders of the time and in the future. you know, I was fortunate to get to know the Bush family uh, as my, my uh, family assisted them in their statewide elections. And, um, and I did my first internship for Senator, for Senator Tower when I was 17 years old. And he was still at that time the only statewide elected uh, Republican and would remain so for another year or so until the, the Clements election and his re-election. Um, so I was able to to then after college have you know some very junior level roles in the in the Ronald Reagan administration and in George H W Bush's administration. Then uh, in my thirties and in my early forties, I was really more focused on raising family and being involved in in business and still working as a volunteer in political campaigns, helping out others, um, raising money. I was also a Republican precinct chairman. Um, here in in Bear County, the grassroots uh, for a, for a number, yeah, for a number of years uh, on the management committee of the Bear County Republican Party. And then when um, very suddenly and unexpectedly, uh, this Texas House seat where I live, came open around um, I guess it was pretty close to Christmas time in two thousand and four when my predecessor Elizabeth Ames Jones was being appointed to the Texas Railroad Commission. So Governor Perry at the time called a special election for this seat. There weren't a lot of other people, you know, uh, wanting to get in on such a short notice. I actually tried to try to coax a friend of mine who was running for mayor of San Antonio to drop out of that race and run for this <laughs> uh, seat. But uh, but he refused. And so I did get in and and was elected and served a couple of terms as a state representative until uh, the 2008 election and 2009 session, where there was, um, I guess, quite a bit of of unease with the leadership in the House at the time, and um, one thing led to another, and I think there became something of a, a bipartisan view that um, that there was going to be a change in leadership, and there toward the last minute, I, I threw my hat in the ring. Along with some others, and I ended up winning the votes to become the speaker,
1: Mr. Speaker. This is a lot of great history that you have shared with us, but I also know that you're looking forward, and namely through Texas Forever Forward, and you serve as the chairman of the organization. And we wanted to know a little bit more about um, the vision and, and a little bit more about this organization. Yeah, well, th- thanks for thanks for asking. When I when I chose not to run for
2: reelection in 2018. After serving 10 years as Speaker of the House, I knew that I wanted to continue to have a platform uh, to advance the the priorities and the issues that I cared about, um, such as public education and mental health, for instance, that that we addressed, or at least we tried to address in significant ways when I did serve as Speaker. So I created Texas Forever Forward in 2019 when I left office uh, so that I could continue to spotlight these priorities and other things through messaging and and also supporting candidates who share those priorities and, and others. Uh, we were very active in the 2020 election cycle. I made that commitment when I when I um, when I left um, office that I would that I would stay, you know still I guess captain of the team in 2018 and then I stayed active in the 2020 election cycle too, uh, helping to ensure that the Texas House, stayed in Republican hands and, um, also tried to help some good Republican candidates who needed some help in their primaries. Uh, but, but looking to the, to the future, regardless of, um, how involved we are in the elections and the upcoming cycle, I'm going to continue to use Texas forever forward to highlight the issues that I believe need attention and focus and often get lost in the haze of some of the more you know divisive social issues that, uh, continue to crop up too often. Um, but we have, a, I think, a credible platform uh, to be able to weigh in when it's appropriate to talk about issues like, um, like adequate funding for education and for um, creating a, and maintaining a pro-growth uh, business climate in, in the state. And uh, that's more than just, you know, not having a, a state income tax. There's a lot more to it than that. And I think that um that too often uh those who are currently in office and caught in the day to day maelstrom of politics um may be taking their eye off that ball, so we're trying to keep them focused on those things that have made Texas the success that we are
0: yeah and 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 I know that uh, you've been spending a lot of time on on zoom calls uh especially you know the pandemic has has allowed you to stay stay home and not travel that, as much, but haven't we all yes <laughs> <laughs> but uh what, what are you hearing from, from leaders across the state, you know, chamber leaders, civic leaders? What, what issues are they, uh, are they focused on t- in, in regards to moving Texas forward?
2: Yeah, well, I, I do try to stay in touch with, with um, civic and business leaders across the, across the state to hear really what's, what, what they're thinking. Um, and they do like to know what's happening in the state from somebody who's, who's been there but also has a distance now. Uh, from the process, uh, so it allows me to get a better understanding of what people care about, and allows me to talk to groups of Texans with, without giving them a lot of the typical rhetoric or political promises that they're used to hearing from people who are in office. Uh, one thing that I've noticed, um, really ever since the winter storms, is people are asking, "What's going on?" What that question comes from Texans from inside Texas and from outside Texas um this legislative session um ended with a lot of squabbling and a lot of finger pointing a lot of the blame game and it doesn't really register with people out there across the state who aren't in the political game day to day um you know and i've I've been there before believe me i know how it is at the end of the session when people don't get everything they wanted um but it's but that kind of you know finger pointing and blame game is not something that most people relate to. Um, I think Texans are more concerned about how we help our kids catch up from the learning loss that was created by COVID and not being able to go to school, um, or how small businesses can find workers as they start to open back up again. Um, I think that's so much more important than you know who's to blame for. You know, 75% of my bills died in your chamber and 50% of my bills passed in yours. Um, And so as we head into the primary campaign season, I hope there's at least as much focus on issues that really matter uh, to the future of our state as there is on the issues that animate a very small number of Texans who vote in primaries uh, and and too many of the people who cover those primaries in the media. There's a lot out there that Texas needs to address if we're going to continue the success story that we've been and um, that don't get enough attention.
1: Well, Mr. Speaker, we, we love Texas. Uh, my family also has been here since about 1876 or so. And Ryan got here as fast as he could. Right? <laughs> um, you know, we also are here in Dallas. We love Dallas and, and we believe Dallas is an important piece of, of, the, of the Texas puzzle. In so many ways, and so we wanted to get your opinion also on, you know, the importance that Dallas has and and North Texas has specifically in the state of Texas, uh, both economically and politically. Yeah, well, uh, Dallas is just so,
2: um, so impressive. It's a it's a colossus. It's uh, it just oozes with ambition and full of people who want to um, want to succeed. And it just keeps growing with more and more, you know, building on that on that attitude. And I think Texas is, is I mean, uh, Dallas is really recognized um, around the world for being that dynamic um, economic generator. Um, the city represents, um, I think, what Texas is all about when we're at our best. It's diverse. Um, Dallas has a a climate that's pro-business, good for job creation, obviously. Um, You have an extremely modern urban city that also still represents a good bit of the old romantic notion of what Texas is uh, in people's, you know, in people's memories um, and and history. Um, So obviously, though, to be a homer here from San Antonio, Y'all don't have the number of NBA championships that we have, (laughs) but uh, if you can look, look past that. uh, Sorry, Mark Cuban. um, Dallas is doing pretty well to say the least and continue to draw uh, major, major corporations to base themselves there. And um, you've got, you've got the business community there that is, um,
1: is united, is strong and speaks very loudly when they decide to speak. This is Deconstructing Dallas, Sean Williams, Ryan Trimble. We are speaking with former Speaker of the Texas House, Mr. Joe Strauss. We'll be back when we get uh, at right after this message during the break, we'll, we'll talk to him about the merits of Luka Doncic, but hang with us through the break. We'll be right back. Welcome back deconstructing dallas sean williams ryan trimble we are honored to have former speaker of the texas house joe strauss with us on today um, speaker strauss we wanted to uh talk about last summer you know following the murder of george floyd you um, you know here on deconstructing dallas we did a, a podcast series titled where do we go from here uh kind of looking at what it meant to the country but we know that in those days you and your wife decided to join a Black Lives Matter march in the Terrell Hills community in San Antonio. So we wanted to. I wanted to ask you what made you all decide to be part of the march, and, and what are your your thoughts and memories from that that time? Yeah, that was um, it was pretty
2: remarkable um, for there to be a march on any on any subject or cause in Terrell Hills, Texas. It's an incorporated city. Of um, gosh, I, I guess about five thousand people, and um, very quiet community. People, you know, wave to their neighbors and are friendly, but it's not, not a, uh, not a very, you know, public facing community at all. But um, but we were asked to um, to join in with several hundred of our neighbors who gathered um, in an area right outside our front front door, actually. And um, we're, we're pleased to march through the main thoroughfare of our little um, village. But I thought it was um, important to show that we were concerned, like a lot of people were concerned, about the George Floyd tragedy and the number of incidents involving unarmed Black men and women uh, getting shot. And I know the, the case of um, Bother. Uh, Jean up there in Dallas is another one, although I know the details of that were, were probably a lot different. Uh, but to me, it's not a controversial statement to say that black lives matter." And when people try to belittle that by saying, "Well, all lives matter," and I say, "Sure, but there's an important reason why we are talking about black lives and why it's important to distinguish. Uh, that we are talking about Black Lives. Uh, People in my neighborhood wanted to show, um, I think, a a sense of unity and healing uh, with that event. And so I was happy to join in. And uh, we were led that day by faith leaders, by community leaders. And um, it was really quite something to see hundreds of people joining in, as I said, in Terrell Hills of all places, which is not, uh, not not a very out there, Um, very expressive community normally. So I was very, very pleased to see that happen.
0: Yeah. Mr. Speaker, to follow up on that, uh, where would you say we have come as a nation since the events of last summer? And and what are some of the steps that you and others can and should continue to take uh,
2: to to move us forward together uh, to be a stronger nation? Well, I think there's there's certainly greater awareness now, I think, of why a phrase like Black lives matter is important. Um, I think we're all thinking a lot more about these issues than we were before that tragedy galvanized our our country. Um, The fact that there is more awareness of how Black people feel about their interactions with law enforcement is important. Um, The conviction and the George Floyd murder was important, uh, both to bring justice in that particular case, but also to show that there's accountability. And um, what I would like for us to get away from is the politicization of these kind of issues. Um, in other words, it shouldn't be that you either believe that black lives matter or you support the police. These things are not mutually exclusive. And I think that most of us appreciate and admire the sacrifice that law enforcement makes every time they put on the uniform uh, and, and protect us. And so, you know, I think we support them, but we also don't want innocent unarmed people getting shot. And um, we recognize that there are problems here. Um, unfortunately, our political system and our media culture are not great at handling that that type of nuance. And so it, it too often becomes a one or the other issue. And it's not just on this, it's on too many issues. But I think our I think our country's learned a lot. I hope that we've advanced in our thinking over the last year or so, and um, going forward, I think there's there should be, and I hope there will be more more sensitivity to to this kind of thing.
0: Well, Mr. Speaker, I, I, one one more subject I wanted to ask you about that that kind of follows on the heels of that. You know, you've always been a great advocate for democracy, and I know that uh, you know democracy is is one of the focuses of Texas Forever Forward. I, I like this uh, quote from your your site. You know, greater participation in our democracy will strengthen our discourse and lead to better policy outcomes. So, my question to you is: Do you see our democracy
2: getting stronger? And how can we help protect and strengthen our democracy? Well, I can't say that it's, I can't say that I can point to a lot of, a lot of evidence that it's getting stronger at the moment. Although I do think that the, um, this last election we went through is an argument that people will get involved. At least they will vote when they're motivated to do so. So I think that's a positive thing, regardless of how you, you know, whether you were pleased or not at the way it turned out. Um, at the presidential level, down ballot, Republicans have a lot to be be pleased about. But um, I think democracy is inherently strong. Um, I try not to to be hyperbolic about it, but our our system survived a lot of wear and tear over our history as a country, and I think it will continue to do so. Um, I do think we've gone to some troubling places in our politics recently. Um, For example, once we got Past a few days of the election, the votes were counted. And um, in the really close states, there was really no dispute about who won the presidential election. Uh, The fact that there was so much effort to try to manufacture doubt around all of that um, all the way into January, I think was really troubling. And some, you know, some are still fanning those flames, which is which is a problem, and it's a serious problem. Um, So it's concerning, you know, to me that that something like wearing a mask during the COVID epidemic or even getting a vaccine turns out to be partisan, uh, or at least so you know terribly divisive. Sure. Um, here in Texas, here in Texas, I think one of the easiest things that we can do to make sure that politics is more of a mainstream discussion is for more of us to vote in the primaries. It's something I've been talking about for years and it's been a been a problem for years. Absolutely. Most of the people who vote in November don't vote in March. And our politicians and their consultants know this. So that gives the people who do vote in March uh, incredible power to shape the priorities of those who ultimately get elected. So if you want to be part of the crowd that's shaping those priorities, you can't just wait till November and vote once. You got to vote in the primaries too where where the selections of the candidates are uh, are, are made, so I think um, I think that's the one thing um, that if we saw greater participation earlier that uh, that some of our elections would be conducted differently and some of the priorities that are carried over into governing, I think would be more more productive and and more satisfactory
1: well, this has been a great conversation you've you've given us a lot of information, and I'm sure. Some of our listeners will want to know how to keep in touch and how to learn more about Texas Forever Forward. So uh, if you could let us know how to how our listeners can can find out more and even any social media or websites that, that we could uh, also promote on our social media. Good. I appreciate I appreciate
2: that a lot. It's great to be with you two guys today. Um, if you want to know more about uh, Texas Forever Forward, you can simply go to Texas foreverforward.com and sign up uh, for our email list and learn how to follow our work on social media. Um, Also on Twitter at Speaker Strauss at Strauss with one S on the end. uh, And you can find me on Facebook.
0: Well, Mr. Speaker, we certainly appreciate your time today and uh, look forward to uh, continuing to see you move forward and move Texas forward. So big thanks again, and we will talk to you soon.
2: Great, good, good being with you all. And appreciate
0: the opportunity. This is deconstructing Dallas. We'll be right back. Deconstructing Dallas. Sean Williams, Ryan Trimble. Sean, that was great. Always, always a pleasure to talk to Speaker Strauss. He's a good man, and uh, certainly appreciate him coming on the show.
1: We've had some elected officials on the show before, and you know, to have a former Speaker of the Texas House. Is uh, I think is a great deal uh, for our show, but a great deal for you, because I know it's somebody that you worked with in the past and somebody you uh, had a lot of respect for. And so to be able to help us get Speaker Strauss on the uh, show is great. Uh, yeah. So thank you, Ryan. And then uh, also for sure, thanks to Speaker Strauss for joining us. Yeah, we, we certainly appreciate it. Uh,
0: so, some exciting new moves here at Allen Media, Sean. Yeah, we we were
1: all together in the flesh. Our our office was back. Uh, it was the first time I'd seen, I'd seen everyone except for maybe one person. Uh, I think Maureen was the one person I had not seen throughout the entirety of the last 14, 15 months, but um, other than that, I'd seen people here and there, but we were all together. We all had lunch. We were all able to celebrate your birthday, which uh, as of this recording was a day ago uh, and celebrate Carol Ring, our office the manager's birthday Carol Ring. Uh, here in the office. Her birthday is today. And then our colleague, Kristen Welsh, her birthday is next week. That's right. And and uh, as always, Carol on
0: brand. She made an amazing, amazing birthday cake. The one she made for you was the best. Yes, I, I'm I'm doing the chef kiss uh, in, in studio here. It was it was delicious. So uh, it's it's I'll call it one of the perks of, of working at Allen
1: Media. It's Definitely one of the perks of, of being here. And it was again good to see everyone. We had a really nice fajita dinner (laughs) together. So, uh, again, on brand. So, uh, you know, again, I'm thankful that we've all just been able to be safe all back on one accord as one group. And uh, good to see you, Ryan Trimble. You you as well, colleague. Well, um, that's going to do it for this episode of Deconstructing Dallas. We want to thank former Speaker of the House, Joe Strauss, for joining us. What a great time we had with him. We want to thank our owners, Mary Woodleaf, Jennifer Pascal for allowing us to continue to do this show. Thanks to all our colleagues who help us put together this show. Uh, I want to thank Samantha Matthews, who's helping us with our show notes and uh, with getting our logistics worked out. Thanks to Michael Zavala and MZ studios, for producing and technically engineering us. We want to thank our listeners. Thank each and every one of you. Uh, Our goals of increasing our listeners each month of this year. We are on track, um, but to make sure we hit that, please share this with your friends. Leave us a review on your platform of choice. Uh, You know, give us five stars. We, We like that too. Make sure to share this information on your social media. He is Ryan Trimble, trimble 15 on Twitter. I am Sean P. Williams, S-H-A-W-N P. Williams on Twitter. Uh, We've got a couple more really exciting guests on tap that we want to share with you. So please stay tuned. And also, uh, we did tease a get-together. So keep that in the back of your mind as well. For Ryan Trimble, I am Sean Williams. This is Deconstructing Dallas. Adios.